Hey there. The holidays are here, so it's good to know Fred Meyer can save you some time with free pickup on all your fresh favorites. Whether your traditions call for a hearty helping of juicy ham, ample apple pie, or Aunt Sue's legendary twice-stuffed stuffing, Fred Meyer has got you covered. So order for free pickup at fredmeyer.com or the app and get more time to get your holiday on when you grab your groceries curbside. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Welcome to the Everyday Mindfulness Show, where we educate and inspire people to live fuller lives through mindful practices. Let's get started with your host, New York Times contributor, leadership advisor, sought-after keynote speaker, the author of the Amazon hot new release, Everyday Mindfulness from Chaos to Calm in a Crazy World. She's smart, strong, sassy, and a trendsetter in the field of mindful leadership. Your host, Holly Duckworth. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Everyday Mindfulness Show, where we explore what does it mean to live mindfully. And I am so excited to bring to you this guest, David Essel. David and I, you know, we haven't really met before, and that's what makes magic happen, is we can just jump on a show and have a conversation. And, and I was saying to David as we were preparing, you know... Life's a shit show right now. And if, you, and if you've listened to this show at all, you know, sometimes I have this ability to be politically correct. And David leans in and he goes, let's talk about that. So welcome to the show, David. We're so glad to bring your expertise because in all seriousness, you have over 30 years as a coach, as a counselor, as an author, as a teacher in a variety of, of modalities. And we're going to talk about how you've not just written the books, but lived the message in some of the, the biggest challenges people can endure in life. Welcome to the show. Hey, Holly, great to be with you. And you know, it, and it is a shit show. And, and a lot of times life is. And, and, um, and I can tell you that, you know, everything that you mentioned about me, that's the benefits of ADD, Holly. <laughs> I mean, I'm, and I'm being dead serious. You know, people talk about ADD. It's the worst thing in the world. And what I say to people is, listen, if you know how to manage it, if you know how to create a day, a ritualistic uh, schedule, if you know how to work around, because we all have freaking challenges, you know? It's like some people suck at relationships, other people suck at, at time management, other people suck at money, you know? And what we need to do is we need to go into that, whatever we suck at the most, and, and we need to be able to attack it. We need to face it head on. Um, I set up my day, and, and you know, when I laugh about ADD, but that is true, but I set up my day every hour when I'm doing counseling is a totally different world, right? It's no two people come to me with the same issues, so that keeps me invigorated. Um, I'm writing our, our 11th book in two weeks, no, four weeks now. Um, we, I've created space to write our next book, and, and always changing for me, always in, in, in exploring is what keeps me valid it keeps me updated and it also keeps my brain happy because if i were ever to sit and have to do something for six straight hours i would probably have to just take a couple drinks even though i don't drink anymore i would probably have to take a couple drinks to get me focused for that long instead play with that whatever your weakness is pull it out embrace it learn how to work with it or learn how to let it go in order to bring in the life that you want holly and I like to, to think about life, too, is that I may suck at money today and may suck at relationships tomorrow and I may suck at health the next day. But like there's a certain mindfulness about the flow of what 
you need to focus on in that moment. And as I was reviewing your, your bio, I mean, it's, it's clear that you too have, have lived many journeys and have had to put, you know, focus on recovery in one area and focus on relationship. And I think that you're living the gift for the listener too, that no matter where you are in the shit show that I'm, that I'm calling life right now, we have the opportunity to make our own stake in the ground. So if you're listening to the show and you're, I really I need to work on my career right now, or I want to work on my health, don't, don't resist that. But you wanted to talk about a theory that we could actually pick something about our life right now and, and get some focus and forward momentum in spite of the, the stuff. Yeah, yeah. Holly, you know, I, I started my career in 1980. From 1980 to 1996, I was a huge proponent of the law of attraction. Now, the law of attraction is not new. You know, it was written about in the 1800s. Uh, in 1910, Wallace Waddles wrote a great book, The Science of Getting Rich. He talked about the law of attraction. So the law of attraction isn't new. It's been around forever. From 1980 to 1996, with my gurus that I was following at the time, I was teaching all of this crap. You know, whatever you believe to be true will come to you. If you put positive thoughts out into the world, they must come back in kind. If you visualize with intention and emotion or affirm with intention or emotion, you must receive what it is. And, and it's all crap. You know, you talk about shit show. There's not a bigger shit show than the way they sell the law of attraction. I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't know anyone that, you know, watched The Secret or read the book or reads a book of law of attraction and they have a brand new red Maserati in their driveway the next morning. I don't know any homeless people that have become millionaires by thought. I know homeless people that have become millionaires by working their ass off. And so what happened in 1996 is I interviewed Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. Maharishi Mahesh Yogi was the founder of Transcendental Meditation, the, in my opinion, the most powerful form of meditation ever devised in this world. He founded it in 1956, interesting, the year I was born. In 1996, he celebrated his 40th anniversary of TM, Transcendental Meditation, um, and he, I, he, he wanted one radio show, Holly, in the United States to celebrate the anniversary, and he chose our show. We out, right? Like I had been a practitioner of TM for years. And now this guy, the, the, the leader of it wants to come on the show. So he comes on the show and, he, and we go to break and he goes to me, hey, you know, in the questions you're asking me, you're doing great. Uh, you really love positive thinking, don't you? And I said, oh my God, Maharishi, it's my world. And he said, do you do affirmations on a daily basis? I just said, yes. And he goes, here's a question. Are your affirmations your reality? today. And I lied. And I said, yes. And he said, good, as long as they're your reality, keep using them. He said, but if you're ever going to use an affirmation that isn't real with you today, he said, I I'd think about that. So we had a great interview. He was funnier than hell, right? He's a great interview. He's about five foot three. He looked like cousin it from the Adams family, really long gray hair, hilarious. He's funnier than hell. He's no longer with us, but he's funnier than hell. So I go away from the interview and I realize I lied, you know? And so he said to me during the interview, he said, what, what's, what's one of your favorite affirmations that you know is true? And I said, oh my God, Maharishi, let me tell you. I've been saying this for 20 years. I am, now even that alone should give us a tip. If you're saying an affirmation for and you're still saying it and it ain't here, that's a tip, Holly. So my favorite affirmation was, I am David Essel, a child of God happy, healthy, and sober today. And I was a raging alcoholic. 
So I have been saying this affirmation for 16 years, Holly, every day, waking up and drinking every night. When I got off the show with Maharishi, I knew that it was wrong for me to lie. You know, obviously, right? But but we don't think about that when we're talking to people that we want to impress. So I didn't say anything more. Three weeks later, I'm in Orlando, Florida, speaking at a conference. I go off stage. There's a line of people. I'm answering questions. And there's this one tiny little lady at the end. And she says to me, hey, I'm with Maharishi. I just flew in from Iowa. I have 20 minutes to interview you. And I'm flying back out. And I said, oh, are you with a magazine? She said, no. Maharishi has one question for you. So we went and got coffee, Holly. And I said, what's the question? And, and she goes, he wants to know what you remembered from the show. And of course, my first thought was, oh, crap. And the only thing I can really remember is I lied, right? And, and then he's, I go, I can't remember a thing other than he was filled with joy. And then she said this, Holly, and this was a turning point of my existence. And she said, David, you may not want to hear what I'm going to tell you. You may not believe it to be true today. In the future, you'll find out it's true. But the reason you only remember joy from Maharishi is because you're missing it. Because you don't have joy. And I looked at her and I said, you don't even know me. I host the most popular radio show on positive thinking. I am uh, 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 living on the beach, brand new cars, blah, blah, freaking blah. You know, Holly, when we get defensive, we go into like all this crap, right? And she said, well, like, David, I know it's hard to take, but listen, I've been with Maharishi 36 of his 40 years. And every time he talks to us, a group of us together, um, we'll all come away with a different thought. And it's a gift that he gives the world. So whatever you remember is the thing that you don't have. And I just recommend that you work on that. And I say, hey, listen, I love Maharishi. I'm not sure about you. <laughs> I love Maharishi. Tell him I said hi when you go back. And she left. Three weeks later, 1996, Tuesday afternoon at 2.30 in the afternoon, I woke up from my last cocaine alcohol-fueled blast. And I looked in the mirror at about 5 o'clock, and I said, David Essel, you have no joy. You can't be addicted to food, nicotine, alcohol, television, drugs, being right, spending. You can't be addicted to anything and be joyful. You know, that's pretty common sense. But we miss it, right? So the number one thing I took out of that was that I had something I had been pretending was working, the use of affirmations. It hadn't worked in 16 years. And I had to get serious and I had to go do the work. And Holly, that was the turning point of my whole career. And we created out of that something called the one thing theory. And the definition for our viewers and listeners of the one thing theory that I'd love for you to write down, don't trust your brain, take notes when Holly's talking and she has her guest, always take notes. The definition is the one thing theory states that at any given time in life, there's only one goal to go after. It's the one we've denied, delayed, procrastinated. It's the one we don't want to touch. It's the one that's going to take a lot of time and effort and maybe money. But once you attack that one goal, your whole existence goes to the next level. And it's the truth. You know, once I attacked my sobriety, it was like, oh my God, this is amazing. What a life is. I had no idea sobriety was so freaking amazing, right? Once I, then I had to attack my codependency and intimate relationships. Oh my God, I sucked at love. I was, I'm a counselor, a relationship expert. And up until 1997, so in 1996, Maharishi woke me up. In 1997, a friend of mine who's a counselor contacted me one day and she said, David, I've got some issues I want to work on. I want to trade services. If you'll come in, you know, once a week, um, I'll come to your office, you come to mine. And I said, great. So at the end of a month, I said, well, that was a great month. You know, we helped each other a lot. And she said, oh, you're not done. 
And I said, now this is a friend, right? I said, what do you mean? And she said, you are the most codependent man I have ever met in my life. Now, Holly, the weird thing about that statement is that I've owned my own business since 1980 and now it's 1997, right? So 17 years, I'm going, how can I be codependent when I'm doing all this work, right? When I have this business and all these employees and blah, blah, blah. And she said, no, in relationships, you avoid confrontation, you lie. If things get tough, you do passive aggressive behavior moves constantly. If things get super tough, you go and drink. If things get super, super tough, you cheat. I'm just being honest, right? And she said, you got a lot of work to do. I ended up joining her for a one year, 52 straight weeks to shatter my codependency and love. So I've had a lot of issues in life. You know, it's like when you say life's a shit show, it's like, oh my God, I think some of the greatest teachers in the world, if not all of the greatest teachers have faced a bunch of roadblocks. It ain't easy. You know, my mentor, Joe Cerulli was homeless for the longest period of time. He's a multimillionaire today multi-trillionaire, the nicest, sweetest, most humble, filled with integrity man you'll ever meet in your life. And if people know his backstory, they go, oh my God. And for myself, you know, my addictions were 25 plus years and I left the, the world of positive thinking back then, you know, uh, decided to start a new pathway. It has been phenomenal. Now we still love positive thinking. You know, in all my books, we talk about, Holly, that the way I start every day is one hour of affirmations, journaling, meditation, prayer. I mean, I am right here for the first hour of every day. Then I let it go. I don't affirm all day long. I don't worry about that. You know, I go and do the work. So if, if we really want to get ahead in life, my advice is go after the, write down the one goal you'd rather not attack. Is it with your weight or health? Is it with an addiction? Is it with relationship chaos and drama? Is it a career you hate? Like, what is it? Go after the one area you can't stand about yourself and life will start to alter. So we're going to give that question to the listener as we go to break, which is what is the thing that you're denying, you're delaying, or you're procrastinating? We're going to take that to the break. Going to give you a moment, listeners, to kind of mull that one over. And we're going to come back and talk about this next work that David's working on. The Everyday Mindfulness Show is brought to you by Leadership Solutions International. Are you hosting an upcoming conference or convention? Or looking for a speaker to provide inspiration and motivation? Would you like your audiences to know what you know as a listener of the Everyday Mindfulness Show? Check out Leadership Solutions International for more on mindful leadership keynote offerings, on-site mindfulness information centers, and trainings. It is such a gift to have such a deep, rich conversation with David Essel. And we just left you before the break with a powerful question, which is to help you focus on that one thing, do that thing that you're denying, you're delaying, or you're procrastinating. And David was very vulnerable and said one of the things that he worked on is the idea of codependent relationships. And his next book, book 11, 10 or 11? 10, number 10. Book pen is all about this topic. So unpack that a little bit for us. What can we, we learn? The, the focus work was some of your early work, and now we, we get to hear some 
current stuff that you're working on. Yeah. yeah, we just released this year and already went number one bestseller, Holly. It blew our minds. You know, it's a, our first mystical romance novel. It's called Angel on a Surfboard. And, and I, you know, the story behind it is mind blowing. Briefly, I went to Hawaii to speak at a large banking corporation. Um, they paid me a lot of money. And so I decided to stay for three weeks because I had never been to Hawaii. So I stayed a week on Oahu, a week on Maui, and a week on Kauai. And the day after my lecture, I went to the pool just to sort of hang out. I always have a legal pad. And I just started jotting down notes. And then the next thing I knew, four hours had passed. Like, I looked at my watch and I said, what the heck? And I, and I, I was starting a story. It ended up becoming a book. I had no idea that it was. But um, Angel on a Surfboard, a mystical romance novel, offers the six keys to deep love. One of them that you just mentioned that we talk about in the book is codependency. Now, uh, in our statistics of the past 30 years in regards to being a counselor and a life coach, we, find, we have decided and, and we can prove that about 80% of relationships in our country are extremely unhealthy. 80%. 55% of first marriages end in divorce. 62% of second marriages end in divorce. 68% of third marriages end in divorce. If we stop right there, we can pretty much figure out we're in trouble, right? You know, our relationships are a shit show to, to steal Holly's words. <laughs> and, and they really are. And that's just reality. Like, I'm not being negative. I'm not being judgmental. I'm just being open and honest. Then if you look at besides all those statistics of marriages failing, the percentage of people who are codependent in love, meaning they still are with an alcoholic or a food addict or a spending addict. Their life is hell on earth. They, they, they're afraid to leave. They have no confidence, no security that they can make it on their own or they could find another love. And that's a huge percentage of relationships. You know, when people brag that they've been married for 20 or 30 or 40 years or together for 50 years, I am not impressed at all. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of those relationships that are worse than ever. And so it's not about the length of time. It's about are we happy together? Are we able to compromise together? Are we able to see our, our, our partner's views as different, but just different, not different and bad? You know, it's like all these kind of things that we teach in the world of counseling. So here I am writing this mystical romance novel, which was an absolute blast. And all this stuff started happening. And I'll tell you one story from it. So I'm at the pool and the pool girl who sells lotion and cameras and all that stuff, extremely attractive. She kept coming over and talking to me. And this is all written in the book. I mean, so much of the book is real. It's hilarious. You know, we, we talk about fiction. Well, this is one of those borderline fiction, nonfiction. So she keeps coming over and talking and I'm very attracted to her and she's very attracted to me. And one day I, I go to use the restroom and her, her station was closed, but there was a note and it said to David Essel, but it was Sandy Tavish as the star of the book that I'm writing about. So she wrote it to Sandy Tavish. And I opened it up and it was directions to her house. And she said, hey, listen, I have a bottle of wine and shrimp tonight. And um, I want you to come over and let's get to know each other more. So I was like overly ecstatic. She opens the door, Holly, and she had basically no clothes on. Uh, she had this little ring around her waist and heels. And I'm like totally shocked. I knew that there was a physical attraction between us, but I wasn't prepared for that. But as we, she walks me down this hallway, she gives me a glass of wine, we walk down the hallway, we're going into her bedroom and I say, hey, I, I, gotta, I gotta be honest with you. Didn't you tell me at the pool today that you ended a relationship two days ago? 
And she said, yeah, but it was a long time coming. I said, I don't think this is the place for us to be, quite frankly. You know, what are you looking for? And she said, I want deep love, and you're the one. And I know you're the one. I said, well, you met me two days ago. She said, yeah, I know, but I can tell. And I said, listen, I've got to be really honest with you. This isn't going to happen tonight because this is codependency. When you can't be alone for more than two days after a relationship ends, that's codependency. And so we go and we actually use all these wild things that happened to me, Holly, and we, and we turn them into teaching lessons, you know, and, and codependency in relationships is the largest addiction in the world. It blows people away. And what is codependency? You know, it's a fear of being alone. So here's this girl, you know, that didn't want to be alone at all. And when I asked her about her relationship before the one she just ended, she was like single for 30 days in that one. You know, so she was really just rolling over one relationship after another. And that's just one example of codependency. So we decided to put this outrageously erotic, fun, sensual novel together with tips on how people can really prepare themselves for deep love without any messing around and, and nonsense. Well, I don't, I don't tell this a lot on the show, but I actually dated a man who was a sex addict. And so I, I have had some, some of my own curriculum, as I like to say, on, on learning about relationships, both good, bad, interesting, and, and a whole dynamic in between. I've dated kids with four, men with four kids and three and two and one and all that. And so whatever your curriculum is, if you're, if you're listening to the show, I think there's an authentic vulnerability to say, I'm not living one of these six keys. And again, just like we talked in the first segment, we may not get all six all the time, but if you start to unpack one and recognize a trait in you, then you can choose mindfully, yes, yeah. this works or this doesn't work for me. And you know, I love in your, your story there that, that, that boundary, having your own light-filled boundary. This isn't going to work for me. This isn't happening tonight. And again, that could be just a simple glass of wine, a conversation, or, or an intimate moment. But we have to strengthen our relationship with ourselves, And that comes, in my opinion, from a daily mindfulness practice. Meditation, walking, hiking, whatever you find, um, working with a coach like David, be, being courageous enough to ask the question and then say, yes, this worked or no, this doesn't work. Yeah, and what you're talking about, I mean, all these traits are the traits of an independent person. An independent person is solid. They know themselves. They know what works. They know what doesn't work. And, you know, there's, there's a, a really awesome exercise we give in the book. It's called David Essel's 3% Rule of Dating. And if you're single right now, pay attention to this. This is crucial. So we say in the 3% Rule of Dating, at the end of a relationship, take 365 days off. Now, I'm not talking about a 30-day relationship, you know, but you have a relationship you've been in for a year or 10 years or 20 years. We encourage all of our clients, number one, to take a complete year off, number one. Number two, write down the traits and the experiences with these former partners that did not work for you. That exercise right there, Holly, is your 3% rule of dating. In other words, these are your deal killers. And here's the hardest thing, because love is so based on hormones and emotion, what we teach our people with the 3% rule of dating is that we're gonna add logic to emotion and hormone, okay? Now here's mindfulness, Holly. This is going right up your alley. When you are mindful and aware of your deal killers, so let's say one of my deal killers was I wouldn't date someone that wasn't single for a long period of time and hadn't cleared up their past. 
Well, when you know what your deal killers are, they should come up right away. And it doesn't matter how infatuated you are, how much money they make, what a great body they have, how awesome they are in bed. None of that crap matters. If they have one of your deal killers, the relationship will not last. So the mindful person goes, you know, and, and, I'll, and now let me use some of Holly's examples. So the mindful person may say, you know, I dated a guy with four kids before. And while this guy I'm dating right now is really cool and very hip, he does have four children. And I remember the hassle that was before. That's just not for me. Now, it doesn't mean it's not right for Mary or Jill or someone else, but Holly knows, and I'm just making this up, Holly, you can still date guys with four kids, okay? But Holly knows that in that experience, let's say it didn't work for her. So we could actually have a deal killer that says, I won't date someone with children under the age of 18. Or we may have a deal killer that says, I won't date someone who smokes or someone who has a, an addiction to food or spending. In other words, you are in the 3% rule of dating. You are so mindful of what doesn't work. Listen, compatibility is easy. Like I tell people, quit wasting your time writing out your affirmations of compatibility. You'll know it, you know, you'll run into something and there'll be chemistry, right? There'll be sparks. There'll be, so don't worry about compatibility. Worry about what has never worked in the past and what won't work in the future. If you focus on that, then at the end of two or three dates, and we tell people within 60 days, you have everything. If you're mindful, you have seen everything you need to see to let you know if this relationship has any of your deal killers or not. People cannot hide them. Now, if, you're, if your eyes are covered with lust and hormone and desire and the fear of being alone, and because of your age, all your friends are in relationships and you should be too, which is called peer pressure, then you're lost. Then, then you're screwed and you're gonna repeat the past. The 3% rule of dating is if you do this accurately, you won't have to repeat your past. And that's being mindful, that's being aware, it's being evolved basically. And that's, that's life in 2019, almost 2020, is we're all growing, we're all living, we're all evolving in all of those areas, money, relationship, addiction, health, friendships, career. And I am so grateful, David, that you said yes to, to come in on the show. You are, your, your team actually um, is kind of seeked me out on the, on the show and that we were able to just bring a little bit. And I, you know, I'm going to extend the invitation. I'd love to, to have you back. I know you're working on, on book 11. Give yeah. a little sneak peek. Oh, yeah. It's called Love Secrets dot, 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 that people never talk about. Ooh, that was a good tease, David. <laughs> That'll be out January 2020, so. Well, you know, I, I seek to have clear vision in relationships in 2020. You know, everything's going to be about clear vision 2020, so. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so how, can, how can people get a hold of you if they want to bring you in as a keynote, a coach, a consultant, pick up the book? How can we get more of you? Yeah, Holly, it's so easy. Our website is talkdavid.com, T-A-L-K, david.com. Just go to talkdavid.com. We've got so many free things. One of the things I was taught in 1990, um, Wayne Dyer, uh, you know, became a good friend of mine. I interviewed him the first time in 1990 and, and you know, we, he became a mentor. And one day I said to him something about, I wanted to create this, this product to give away. And he smiled and he looked at me and he said, David, he goes, for the rest of your life, create product to give away. And we have ever since then. And so right now, if you go to talkdavid.com, you can sign up for David Essel's daily video boost, 
five days a week. You get a free video from us every morning on motivation. Uh, you can get a free meditation audio to help you become more mindful uh, on the meditation audio, absolutely free. I, we, we teach you how to follow the breath, what a mantra meditation is, what progressive relaxation is, visualization. It's all about being centered in the moment. Bunch of more free stuff. And of course, all of our books and our counseling programs are there. That's all at talkdavid.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your generosity and your kindness today. And we'll look forward to having you on another show again soon. Thank you for joining us for today's show. For more mindfulness every day, visit everydaymindfulnessshow.com and download the three-day challenge and experience the ABCs of mindfulness. Mm-hmm.